McGregor, and in each episode, we will have conversation with spiritual people living their lives, whether that's magic, divination, mysticism, or just the act of consciously living engaged with the world and trying to make sense of it as we all move through these turbulent and exciting times in which we find ourselves. You can catch up on all of the past episodes at thehermitslamp.com slash podcasts or in your favorite podcatcher of choice. So in the last episode, I announced that I was starting a Patreon to help support the growth and expansion of this podcast. Uh, There are three reasons why you might want to go and support that. Number one, you think it's awesome and you would like more of it and want to support me putting the time and energy in to make sure that there are episodes every other week. Two, you think this podcast is amazing and you want to support getting transcriptions for people who are deaf and other people who might otherwise better engage through a visual means versus an auditory one. Or number three, you think this podcast is awesome and you want some more stuff. And if you jump on over to Patreon, you can look at all the different offerings from bonus episodes to original artwork and so on that come with being a supporter at a variety of levels. But seriously, even if you can offer $1 per episode, it all helps support and fund the growth of this podcast. Head on over to patreon.com slash thehermitslamp to read more. So welcome to another installment of The Hermit's Podcast. Uh, I am here today with Isabel Tunis. Uh, who maybe some of you know. I definitely know some people in my circles know who she is. Um, but she's a, a card reader and a, uh, a magic person and a witch. But for those who don't know who you are, Isabel, why don't you give us your own introduction? Uh, hello, everyone. I am Isabel, and I am um, usually know as Isabel Dune, which, which is, uh, yeah, well kind of Instagram name that has stuck with me. <laughs> uh, that's how you may have uh, known me. I, uh, I've been reading cards for some time now. Uh, I also read them online. Uh, yeah, and I'm very happy to, uh, to chat with you today. Mm-hmm. So tell me, tell me about magic. When did, you, when did you start with this? Has it always been a thing with you? You know, I mean, because one of the things that I find most fascinating sort of being in your orbit is watching this relationships with spirits and altars and, you know, all these kinds of things that I'm watching flourishing in -hmm. your life, it seems. Um, How long has that been going on and and where did that come from? Uh, Well, I I can't really say that it has been with me all my life because uh, I was raised uh, quite a strict uh, uh, Calvinist Protestant. And um, so this hasn't been really uh, with me since I was little, although I did have the interest, of course. I was very interested in in witches and spirits and stuff like that. But to me, they were mostly fairy tales, you know, and I was mostly wishing that it was all real. But I didn't Mm. really experience it as such. Um, Although I did my first act of magic, and I'm very proud of it, (laughs) when I was about 12 years old, I think. Uh-huh. And, what was uh, it? Can you tell us? I had a wart and okay. I made the wart disappear. And Amazing. I'll tell you how I did it. <laughs> I um I stuck a pin in it mm-hmm. and then I stuck the pin uh under the bark of a tree and it was supposed to be uh an ash tree, but uh I didn't know exactly what an ash tree was, so I took a different tree <laughs> and then I said some words to make the wart disappear and uh and it did. Amazing. And so, and then I thought, well, that's cool. <laughs> Where did you find out about that? Uh, in a book. Uh-huh. Uh, it was a children's book about witches. 
a very charming uh, illustrated book, as I recall, and uh, that was in the book. And I thought, well, why, why shouldn't I try it? I have what I want it gone. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so when did you circle back? When did you step back into magic and, and working with you know, uh, magic? I think it was, um, yeah, towards the end of my student period, I think, when I was in college in the university in Leiden. I started to drift away from the church a bit more, and uh, I was influenced by my worldly roommates who were reading cards and... Uh, well, they were they were interested in the occult, and and so I was I was very much drawn to that, and uh, that's that's how it started. I think it was days before the internet, so there wasn't much to uh, to go on, and uh, yeah, it was it was a bit on and off, and I I wasn't really ready, I think, to uh, to dive too deep into it. I think at the time. Mm. And that's, uh, but that's how it started, I think, yeah. So when did you, when did you come back around and sort of take that deeper dive? That's not so long ago, I think. Um, I think when it started to become really serious, it's about, uh, yeah, what should it be? 10 years ago, maybe. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I was also influenced because I, at the time I was in a relationship with a man who was very spiritually gifted and uh, within his own tradition, within mm-hmm. uh, Suriname's uh, tradition. He was from Suriname. And so I got in touch with uh, with that tradition, which is a Caribbean tradition. And so that was a whole different side of things for me. And uh, that was one of the things that made me realized that um, that was more besides Wicca because one of the things that are reasons that I didn't really get into it because I wasn't really aware that there was anything besides Wicca and Wicca didn't mm-hmm. really speak to me. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that, um, that was definitely a factor and uh, things started happening and my own uh, development started happening uh, under that influence as well. And it's, it's mutual, of course, because when you go looking then things start happening and then you develop further. You don't have to invent everything yourself somewhere. There comes a point that you are getting help from the other side. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I find it interesting that this sort of revival movement that's going on in the mm-hmm. magic world these days, where there's this sort of, um, you know, this sort of emergence of what non-initiatory traditions, spirit-led traditions, you know, um, mm-hmm. might do for people and, 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 you know, how they might sort of find their way into these connections with spirits and, and learn and develop themselves as they, as they yeah. go through that, you know, because certainly for me coming up, you know, when I was starting to read about magic and stuff, it was all, golden dawn and thalima and all very structured and you know you get this and you put on the robe and you wear the special hat and you know Mm -hmm. you you know and i think that those things actually have a lot of value too but but i think that this sort of pursuit of spirit connected learning is fascinating yeah i think so too i I was never much drawn to to uh all the all the ceremony and the and the funny hats i have to say uh-huh. <laughs> although they certainly have an appeal and a lot of value obviously but um yeah i just i don't know i just started and uh it just went on and there was a there was just no looking back and it has has changed my life a great deal mm-hmm. so how how did you find the spirits that you work with? Uh, do you mean my own spirits or the ones from yeah. you know the well known ones? <laughs> no, no. Well, the more, I mean, like sure, well known ones if if you want to talk about that. But kind of mean your more personal spirits. Well, I think the first of them that I really got to know that is a uh, that is actually. Um, but, uh, an interesting story. I think I will try to um, tell it a bit um, succinctly. <laughs> but um, 
that was that started uh, when I, when I was in that relationship and um, right at the start, I think. Well, yeah, because then uh, I had a dream about uh, someone saying to me that uh, the Vayana were waiting for me, and I didn't know really what what the Vayana were. At least I had forgotten. Uh, because I had read about them in a children's book, but I had not made a connection with that name. And so I told my, my then uh, uh, partner about it, and he says, well, the Wayana, they are uh, an indigenous tribe in Suriname. And um, so he thought um, that there was a connection there with, uh, with an Indian spirit. And, uh, well, he got that I do, I do have an, uh, a Suriname spirit. More than one actually which is really weird because i don't know any uh connection with with uh, uh at least in my family with with Suriname at all mm-hmm. and that there were these these Suriname spirits and uh, one of them was making himself known you know and well it took me a few years uh but then i finally went to Suriname uh for, four years ago and uh, we had an whole uh, adventure in the inlands of Suriname, <laughs> and we went uh, first with the plane to a small village there, and then we went with a boat, six hours of river, to uh, to the Wayana village, where I failed to get the answers that I was looking for, because the whole vi- uh, village where we went had been converted to Christianity, and uh, no one was willing to talk to me. And the irony was that the people. Uh, who, who might have been able to tell me something if they had been willing, <laughs> were in the village that we uh, went uh, went by because, <laughs> because we were on our way to the other village and so we got mm. home and our friend said who was a, a, an important man uh, in the Maron villages was uh, he said to us well if you had only told me why you were going there because I could have told you that the people in um, in that final village, uh, wouldn't really have anything to tell you. But uh, he himself was kind of a seer, and he made me wait a few days, and then he told me uh, some things that I needed to know about this uh, this Ingi spirit, this Indian spirit, and what he wanted me to do. And uh, so I did that. I went uh, to the market in, in Suriname, and I bought a lot of the Surinamese plants because I needed to take a bath. And I took the plants home, and when I got home, I to the Netherlands. And uh, then I did my bath, and then um, the which was very intense. And uh, because the man had also said, uh, "Well, usually um, someone else has to bathe you." But he said, no, you have to do it yourself. And so I did my own bath. And then the English spirit said, uh, now you're mine. And that was the first time I heard his voice. I mean, I didn't hear it in my head. I heard it in the room. Now you are mine. And uh, that was how it started, I think. Yeah, that was my first introduction to him and the first proper introduction to any of my spirits. Hmm. I'm, I'm sure you've, you've thought about this, you know, I mean... Do you think that this spirit came to you because of your partner and that connection, or do you, where, how do you think that was, I, was formed? I have no idea. I have always had the idea that he has been there from the beginning. Hmm. Um, but uh, that actually, the reason I met my partner was him, hmm. because I needed to learn about Suriname's things, something like that. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but I do, I do feel that the connection had already been formed. Yeah. Fascinating. Yeah. Very fascinating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's it's like when I uh, got initiated into the uh, Afro-Cuban Orisha tradition, mm-hmm. you know, and, I, you know, I, I hadn't, I'd been hanging out in that tradition for six or seven years, mm-hmm. like, you know, like engaged with it. And I'd known about it for a while previous to that. But, you know, at the initiation, they basically just said that they'd been with me since the beginning, right? Like yeah. They talked about things from my childhood and other things where they were there mm-hmm. as part of that first, you know, decades, decades and decades before it surfaced, right? So, yeah, yeah I think it's very interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so then you think, well, why, why did he wait so long? <laughs> could have, I could have used some assistance before then. <laughs> uh-huh. Why do you think? <laughs> 
Um, well, I think one of the reasons was actually to uh, to keep me safe because if I had heard voices uh, as a child and had talked to people about it, terrible things would have happened. That's, uh, mm. that's for sure. Mm. And so I think um, they they have kept me safe mm -hmm. like, uh, because I uh, I needed to be um, I needed to be ready and I needed to be away from my family. That's what mm. I believe. Yeah. You know, there's a, a saying. In, in my tradition, which is uh, every head is looking for its home, mm -hmm. you know? And, and I, I really think that uh, the spirits wanted me to initiate with the people that I initiated with in the yeah. home that I initiated with um, for, you know, for a whole slew of reasons. But I think that that was, you know, that they, they were sort of around and getting me to the place where I would be in the right the right opportunity to meet people where it would be a fruitful connection for me as yeah, opposed to exactly. other situations where, you know, certainly that I hear about where the, it doesn't go as well, you know, because people are really problematic sometimes. So, <laughs> yeah. So where you are, what, what do people think about these things? Is it, is it open? Is it, is it supportive? Is it not like, what's the culture in your, in your neck of the woods? Uh, well, Dutch people, they consider themselves uh, a very untranslatable word, nuchter. <laughs> and nuchter means, um, yeah, it literally means sober. And so uh, very, very uh, down to earth and very rational. And uh, the spiritual is not really a part of daily life at all. I mean, mm. um, we of course have this Calvinist heritage and uh, now that a lot of people are no longer Christians, Calvinistic attitude, uh, you know, you work hard and if you just work hard, uh, it will re reward itself. And uh, <laughs> that's all you really need to know about life. <laughs> but the thing people don't know about that is if you work hard, it will reward you with more work, right? Isn't that how it goes? Exactly. Work yeah. begets more work. Yeah, but then it has served... It has served as well because we are a very prosperous and, and happy country usually, but also, in my opinion, dull. Mm. Uh, <laughs> but um, people are usually very open-minded and uh, the people that I meet at least and most of my friends are quite open to, uh, to uh, how weird I am. <laughs> but um, it's, not, it's not really... Uh, something that um, is is part of the paradigm of, of most people around me. Yeah. Mm. But they're they're open to it, and and when they say that I read cards, well, they may joke about it a little, but you know, they won't dismiss it out of hand or something. Mm. And are you are you reading playing cards, tarot cards? What, what's your what's your thing these days? Uh, I mostly use tarot cards, but I also read playing cards and Lenormand cards. And uh, mm -hmm. I, of course, uh, combine it with the charms, mm -hmm. uh, you know, the, the trinket thingies. And uh, I read them um, just by themselves. But I also I mostly combine them with the, with the cards, actually, which uh, adds another layer for me that is well, completely fascinating. And uh, because it, it has taught me also to look at the cards differently, you know, because it has taught me to take the, the pictures just literally. And when you, because when you add charms to the cards, it tells a story. The story of the, of the picture changes because you add elements to it. And um, that's a, that was a whole new way of reading for me. And it just, it just blew my mind. And it has improved my reading enormously, I have to say. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm quite fond of, of working with the charms as well. Yeah. You know, I mean, Carrie and I have been working with people to get them to, um, Carrie Paris and I have been working with uh, teaching mediumship through charm casting, which has been really a lot of fun as well to get people to connect to their ancestral stuff and yeah, you know, yeah, focus I was on that. Class. So, yeah, mm -hmm. that, was, uh, that was great fun. Yeah. Um, where did you discover the charms? Did you just like I mean, it was kind of around at one point, right? It emerged as a thing. Well, it was it was Carrie's fault, of course, uh -huh. <laughs> because I just ran across her stuff and I thought, oh my goodness, oh my goodness, because I am. She had actually an oracle called the Magpie Oracle, and mm -hmm. I am such a magpie, you know. If it glitters, I want to have it. <laughs> yeah. So 
yeah, I'd, um, and she had uh, one of those oracles for sale, but I thought I didn't have the money for that. And then I thought, well, I have been collecting charms for quite some time, you know, with a few jewel making jewelry and stuff, but I never did, of course. And so I mm -hmm. had this whole pile, a, a, a big box I have <laughs> of charms. And I thought, well, let's see how far I get. And then I got them out and I was able to assemble in one go a whole uh, Lenormand-based oracle. Nice. And, yeah. And so I had my oracle and I started working. And it was and it was amazing and I uh, I still do it yeah. Wonderful. Of course, my oracle is bigger now. I think I had about sixty charms in it. I think uh, I also have uh, another one. I made another one um, just for ma for magical questions, so more witchcraft related questions. And uh, that's the one that's actually kept on my altar and I keep for special occasions. What's uh, what's a witchcraft type question? Well, uh, when you ask about uh, what kind of work to do, or if mm -hmm. you want to find out uh, if, if someone comes to you and, 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 and says, uh, well, maybe uh, someone has uh, um, cast their eye on me or something like that, and if you know if, if that's true and what to do about it, mm -hmm. and uh, if I use the charms for that, uh, then I, that's the oracle I use. So how much of that do you see? How, mu how much of that, like, how much of that people come to you with that kind of question um well they haven't i haven't had that many magical clients yet but the people that come to me is mostly about that type of thing actually yeah mm -hmm. because it's far more common than most people realize and it can also happen accidentally in my view when mm -hmm. people just have has this kind of gift or or that kind of uh kind of cranky spirits around them i guess and uh well then you look at someone and and that people carry something with them from that time, uh, which can be uh, a nuisance or, or, or even malicious, and, and then you have to remove it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. It's, there, there was a time where about half of the clients that I saw were coming for that kind of question, you know? Yeah. Am I cursed? Am I cursed? Am I cursed? You know, and um, yeah, it, it, was always, it was always interesting to explore that because because the the answer from my point of view was sometimes it was a definitely true right and then mm -hmm. there was you know and then there was those times where it wasn't true which was also very interesting like huh so you're really convinced of this but my my divination says it's really not true huh mm -hmm. what do we do now how do you fix that you know well if that were to happen then uh, you would have to look into what is really wrong with the, with the person. Why is every, everything going wrong for them? And mm -hmm. uh, it can be something in their family. It can be something they have been doing themselves or, or whatever. There, there can be various causes. And then you also have to look into why the person is not willing to look at themselves first and is looking for a, a cause outside of themselves. And uh, then those are those questions that have to be answered. Mm -hmm. For sure. Yeah, I'm always super curious about one of the things that I'm most fascinated by in my work is just people and especially the people who are anomalies. I'm like, really? Wow, that's so unusual. What's up with that? What's going on there? How is that happening? You know, it's very, very interesting to me. So, mm -hmm. yeah. So, I mean, when people think about witchcraft, you know, I mean, there, there, there are two types, right? Uh, there's like the, I'm not Wiccan, I'm a witch kind of people, right? Yeah. Um, and then there's, and then there's the like, I don't do witchcraft because that stuff is dangerous and, and maybe morally dubious, right? Yeah. Um, what, what do you think the dangers are in doing this kind of stuff? What's, or, or do you think there are any? Well, that's a difficult question. I've never thought about that. What are the dangers? Uh, <laughs> I have. I don't know. I think um, it, it all depends on, on your kind of personality. If you uh, are, are pursuing witchcraft um, to improve your, your personal power or something, then I can imagine that that can be dangerous because that would... Uh, attract the wrong kind of attention or if you are 
if you are reckless with that, if you think, well, I'm going to attract the most most dangerous and, and badass spirits and I'm going to become a cursing specialist and so on. <laughs> um, of course that can be dangerous. You can you can become you can become arrogant. Um, and but I actually think that the biggest danger with, with witchcraft is uh, the enormous amount of wannabes and, and charlatans who make mm-hmm. you pay through the nose. I think that's a far more realistic danger to encounter. Right. Like like the the oh I see that you've been cursed. You better give me a million dollars to fix it, kind yeah. of people. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, or, or oh, you have been cursed, and I'm the only one who can solve it for you. Or you, you really need to uh, buy this thing that I made, especially for you, when it's about a thousand euros or <laughs> something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think I definitely see some of that. You know, there there are people who brought me stuff or come and talked about things, and I was I've been like, so you spent how much money on this? Oh, so you know, so difficult, right, for people to to deal with and to hear once that happens, right? Yeah. Yeah. And and what about like what about in finding spirits? How do you how do you what do you think about that process? Like your your story is very interesting, right? You yeah. know, you found this connection and then there's you had this relationship and that eventually took you to the land where the spirit was from and so on, right? Yeah. Do do you have ideas about how other people could start to think about that like you know people listen to this podcast and i'm sure a bunch of them are like i want to get into witchcraft i want to like do these things where's my spirit at you know i think that it's very important to uh to start with your own spirits with your own company around you and um ask them for guidance in that because what you see in neo-paganism of course is that um uh, people see the whole pantheon or or all pantheons in existence and that ever have been in existence as a big uh, spiritual smorgasbord where you can Mm. just pick and choose based on uh which deity or spirit you find most appealing and um i think there is in itself nothing wrong with uh, contacting a, a god or goddess or reaching out to them if you feel attracted to them uh but you will have to to think this through because um, it's it's like if you go up to a stranger in the street or, or you knock on someone's door and you say hi I uh, I am Isabel and now uh, now we're having a relationship I mean that makes you a, a spiritual stalker and uh, <laughs> that exactly, won't be much exactly. appreciated by by the spirit in question and that's the, what a lot of baby witches do they they think oh I, I I want to reach out to Loki because he's a badass or I want to reach out to Odin because he is the main god of my ancestors and uh, those are both uh, tricky gods to begin with and and I think that if you want to build a relationship like that, um, well, of course you can try, but that uh, that is risky and I, I don't think that's the best way to go about it. And what has happened with me is that I started to build a relationship with uh, the spirits that were already around me and with, with the local spirits. And they are the ones who have guided me to to the stronger spirits, uh, the spirits that, uh, I didn't know yet and, and, and to deities, because of course I have already also, you know, uh, started with the whole uh, goddess spirituality and it has also brought me beautiful things. But I have never, I think, uh, had such a strong connection with any of them. They were there and they were important to me and it was, it was, it was uh, yeah, beneficial, I think, both ways, but I never had that, that boom relationship uh, uh, at the time just by reaching out myself you know at a certain point you have also have to make space for uh, for a deity or a spirit to come to you and i think there's a big difference between um choosing a spirit or deity to uh, as your as your patron as well, like i said it's debatable if it's possible to choose your own patron but mm. um uh, and to reach out to a spirit or deity for a special goal for for a petition for for a one-time thing and that is far easier to do because uh, most spirits um who are well known for granting favors like saint expedite for example 
he actually loves to be asked for things you know if you mm -hmm. uh, if you give him the stuff that he likes he will certainly help you and uh, maybe he will stick around and then you can build a relationship and, and you can help each other more often and that's how um, that how that's how the best relationships start i think you, you, you just start with a one-off and if that works out for the both of you but then you can stick around but i am of the opinion that your patrons are not of your own choosing it's kind of a it's kind of an uncomfortable answer for western-minded people right i know i know we are such consumers also spiritually yeah, <laughs> yeah but, 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 but i really want like i want thor to be my my guy can't thor be my guy why has it got to be you know i don't know pick somebody else right like you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah I mean, I, oh yeah i can understand that and it's of course also an, an ego thing because if you go on tumblr for example you you would not believe the uh, the number of lokians who uh, who have married loki and i'm not dismissing that out of hand but oh come on really why would you want to <laughs> yeah what what is exactly your motivation i i i am sure that people are genuinely called to him but uh, that's maybe uh, not even half of them <laughs> so mm -hmm. yeah so how how do people get in touch with their with their local spirits or their 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 group how how do people start that process for you what do you, what do you think people should do communicate just start talking yeah and uh, make sure that uh you have some form of divination that you can handle i mean uh it can be if you have a simple yes no oracle you don't even have to be a card reader but if you have a simple yes no oracle or a pair of dice or or you know a, a bag with black and white stones and, and that's that's your yes and no oracle then you can start communicating and uh all that you need for a little shrine really is uh is a candle and a glass of water and and there you go and then you say well spirit um i don't really know who you are but i have noticed you around and uh here uh or, or my ancestors you say listen ancestors i think it's time um we get to know each other a bit because we're family and here you're welcome and here is your plate of food and uh uh well let's have a chat sometime <laughs> you know mm. and be relaxed about it because they also need time to get used to the idea because some of your guys are just around you and they're quite happy there and don't really need to speak to you but if you reach uh, reach out to them they will probably like it you know and they will definitely make themselves known yeah mm -hmm. yeah i think um i think remembering to engage them is the thing that is most difficult in the beginning right yeah like, remember to show up remember like you know um you know like uh, I, I, in my family, um, making eggs Benedict at holiday seasons is like a thing and, and always has been my whole life. Oh, right? I have to, I have to, I have never understood. What are eggs Benedict? That's uh, not in the Netherlands. Toast, <laughs> some, some kind of toast, usually an English muffin, um, often a layer of, uh, bacon or maybe something else, a poached uh -huh. egg and, and a hollandaise sauce, like a, like a creamy uh -huh. sauce on top. Oh my goodness. Yes, they're very good. Yes. Yeah. They're very good. <laughs> um and so this has always been a thing at holidays, you know, and it's it's for, uh. for my for most of my life. And so whenever we have holiday event, I always make an extra one for them. Right? Mm -hmm. So I'm there, I'm cooking for everybody else and I'm like, Oh yeah, seven people plus a plate for the ancestors, you know? And yeah. that remembering to include them at those times, engaging them as you know assuming that they're around and you know that that creates sort of both the expectation and it's the i think it's those um it's great like especially with say an expedite or somebody like that to start with like a, a more transactional kind of thing those the, that yeah. spirit is used to it right but with your ancestors if you can start in kind of a less transactional or non-transactional way where it's mm -hmm. not like ancestors i need some money give me money give me a job you know where's my love life ancestors give me someone to love you know <laughs> if, if yeah. you can sort of start with this sort of relational piece then you know i think that that really um that sets a great place where 
where that can sort of build that connection and build it into something that can be very fruitful. Exactly. Yeah. 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 It's, it's only polite as well. And, and because, uh, uh, you, it, in any relationship, you, you don't just start with demanding things, uh, with, and with your family, just as, as with your regular friends, you know, it's, it's give and take and it's just communicating and hanging out and, and making the other feel valued. Yeah. Or if you are going around demanding stuff all the time, maybe that's why you ended up with the evil eye, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, they, uh, actually, yeah, they might get cranky. They might, they might slap you down. Well, you want something here, you have something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, so where do you think this is taking you? Where, where, where do you, where do you think it's going to be? What's it, what's it going to be to be Isabel Dunwich in 20 years? You know, 20 years. I don't know. I hope to, um, I hope to travel a lot. Actually, I hope that in the future I may be able to travel a lot and uh, and learn more and learn about other traditions and uh, yeah, help uh, help people around the world. And because I have now, I have online clients from uh, from other parts of the world. But I would like to meet more people and uh, and help them out and. Uh, study other traditions and i have actually no idea where, <laughs> where i'm do you, going <laughs> do you think you'll you'll go back to suriname at some point does that feel like a thing for you do you feel like there's a a, a need to learn more of that in a traditional context or anything or or do you feel like your guide is just settled into where you are now and and working with you there i'm not sure i think at some point i might uh, i might return if I, uh, yeah, um, if I will be able to find my way around there, because the difficult thing with uh, with Suriname is that um, I don't consider myself part of Suriname's uh, uh, tradition. The the ATR of uh, Suriname is called Winti, Winti Kulturu, mm-hmm. and uh, it's a very much a closed culture. And in a way, I I see myself as a part of that. I mean, I have a contact with some Suriname spirits, and I try to honor them as traditionally appropriate as as i can but i'm not really a part of that tradition and i'm not sure if i would even want to i the, the tradition as a whole does not really does not really uh alter me it's more the i think the the amazonian cultures in in general that um mm-hmm. that the inky spirit is a is a part of and i think that i am much more attracted to the amazon and indigenous peoples at large than uh, specifically Suriname. Hmm. But who knows? It's true. You find yeah. out, right? Yeah. And do you and do you work with? You know, you talked about going and getting all these herbs and stuff like that. Yeah. Do you do you work with your local herbs now? Do you also, do you have connections to that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I am uh, out in the dunes a lot, and mm-hmm. um, I I collect plants if I need uh, to bathe or make some stuff then I usually go into the dunes and uh, I find some plants there or even around here in the park mm-hmm. and uh, yeah I try also always to not just just wild harvest but you know to leave offerings regularly also if I don't need anything at that moment and to build a connection to uh, to my surroundings and if I need something then I'm usually guided to it and um and then uh, I can I and then I can have some of it. But um, if I am working specifically with uh, with the Inki spirit, um, I usually go to one of the uh, Suriname's uh, shops in in Rotterdam, and then you can, you can get some uh, fresh plants from from Suriname, and then mm-hmm. I usually uh, combine them with some Dutch plants as well, because plants are plants, and it's very important to also have plants, use plants that. Uh, you yourself are connected to also genetically and that's one of the things um, that not everyone realizes is that uh, exotic herbs may not work for us as well as as for uh, people in the countries that they come from because our our DNA it's not in our DNA to use these herbs we do not have such a connection with them doesn't mean that they don't they won't work because they probably will but it's also very important to look at the herbs that grow around us and that our ancestors ate, you know. And um, so I also always try to um, be respectful also to my uh, local spirits and my local ancestors mm. and include um, 
the plants that they are familiar with. Yeah. I think too, you know, that being, you're talking about, uh, you know, going and just leaving an offering or talking even when you don't need stuff, you know, I think that, I think that that is a, a hugely overlooked piece, you know, I, I often post on Facebook and such, you know, I'm like, oh yeah, I'm going to go talk to the trees and the birds for a while. And, you yeah. Know, see y'all later. Right. And, mm-hmm. you know, I remember one friend of mine being, you know, like asking me like, so do they speak back? And I'm like, yes, yes, they really do. You know? And I was mm-hmm. up, uh, not far from the city, but you know, camping and I went and I, I left offerings at sort of the edge of our campsite for both sort of the indigenous spirits of the lands that I'm on mm-hmm. and for, um, you know, for these other spirits that I work with that are, you know, spirits of the forest and forest magic. And, you know, the, they showed up in my dreams that night. You know, I woke in my dreams, I woke up, at the edge of my uh, uh, campsite, you know, this little path leading to where we were camping. And there were these two spirits with me, you know, and one of them was, was obviously indigenous to the land that I was on. And the other was obvious, this, obviously this, uh, this other spirit from other place, uh, but it was like a, you know, one that I recognized and they, they walked me, they like walked me back to my campsite. And as we walked into the campsite, all of these birds came out of the trees, in wow. the dream, right? And mm-hmm. some of them were birds that I knew, you know, like, like real world birds that I, that I know live in my neighborhood. Um, and some of them were these fantastical other things. And one of them was like the size of a, it was like 20 feet across or something, had a <laughs> giant horn on the top of its head and was all this bright color. And they, they introduced me to them all. And said, you know, some of them, some of them were uh, ancestral and long forgotten. Some of them were were mythic beings, and others were obviously like ones that, I'm like, eh. And you, you know the, you know the raven, right? And I'm like, yeah, I do know the raven, you know. <laughs> um, and then, and then the birds spoke with me in my dream and mm-hmm. told me things about the plants in the area and about working with them more and all of these things. And you know, on the one hand, I think that. I think that this kind of access is available all the time for many people, if not everybody, mm-hmm. if they remember to listen, if they're taking the time and space to, to listen, you know, if yeah. they're, they're, if they're, you know, I mean, it's not even pursuing protocol per se, because all I did was leave some tobacco and some toasted corn that I had, you know, like it was stuff that mm-hmm. I, that's kind of what I, I try and keep it around and I always leave it when I go to the forest, but it's, this is much my protocol as it is any protocol, you know? And I think that if we, again, it's back to that idea of remembering, right? If we remember to engage these things, you know, I was, I was at this camp with like, you know, 20, 22 kids and like what I, like it would have been easy to forget, right? It would have been easy not to make time for it. Yeah. But, you know, you remember those relationships and they become rewarded, you know? Yeah, but yeah because you're, you're always working. You're all, I mean, in, in my mind, I'm always working. Also, yeah. when, you, when you go shopping and you're around in the neighborhood, you're always aware of where you put your feet, you know? Yeah. And you're always aware of, of everything and everyone around you and what may be asked of you and what, uh, what signs there may be for you because the communication is going on always and you always have to pay attention and always always be respectful. Yeah, and it definitely pays off but that's not why you do it because Mm -hmm. it's how you live your life and how your life becomes more beautiful yeah more more fulfilling yeah Mm -hmm. yeah it it really it opens up the possibility to a profound sense of connection to the world you know Mm -hmm. and i think that it's a kind of connection that people yearn for without even really knowing what it is or that it's possible right Oh yeah, but that explains so much that, uh, of course, that, that people in general miss that connection and they don't know, uh, standing on their heads, trying to, uh, trying to fill that void while they're even, not even aware that they are feeling that void. Mm-hmm. But, uh, it's, it's really, it's really so easy. Yeah. Awesome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so everybody go and listen, go back yeah. and listen, make a habit of listening. 
Talk to the trees, talk to the birds, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so, Isabel, where, where should people find you online? Where, where are you hanging out that people can come and follow you and see what you're up to? Well, I have a website with a, a blog and a shop, which is called isabeldoonwich.nl. Netherlands. I am also Isabel Doonwich on Instagram, and you can find my Facebook page at, uh, yeah, also, it's also called Isabel Doonwich. Um, that's it mainly, I think. I'm also on Twitter, but I don't really use it, so don't bother. It's, a, it's an inferior social media. <laughs> that's a whole other conversation, though. Sorry. Um, Thank, thanks for making time today, Isabel. It's been been really delightful. Thanks for being on the podcast. Yeah, very welcome. Thank you, too. It was fun. Thank you, as always, for listening. Uh, I hope you've really enjoyed it. Uh, a big thanks to the lovely human beings who have put some wonderful reviews on iTunes for the podcast. And as I mentioned before this started, please do consider supporting the Patreon you know, I sound like a PBS ad, but seriously, even a dollar helps. It all adds up towards being able to make all sorts of exciting things happen, both for yourself and for others. So head on over to patreon.com slash the hermit's lamp, or use the link in the show notes. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye.